This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer, and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now if you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hey everybody, welcome. This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast. You are listening to issue number 99, Noiny Noin, covering the comic books that I read that came out, that we read. What's up, Jables? Yo, I'm back. <laughs> Two episodes <laughs> in a row. Right. That's dedication. Excellent. <laughs> anyway, this uh, particular podcast will cover the comic books that we read that came out Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, March 22nd. Let me tell you, this particular podcast is harder than a, it's hotter than a yellow glowing fist of justice, Right. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We are your comic book loving hosts. I'm Chris Latori, and also joining with us again, my trusty sidekick in fighting crime, my son Jables, Justin Latori. Yo yo, back again. <laughs> thank you for joining us, Jables, and thank you for joining us here, you the listeners here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where we recommend to you an amazing list of comic books to read every single week. Please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Xbox Live at Sunspots Comics. You can check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Lat. Maybe you're brand new to comics, right, Jables? Maybe you're just like a baby bird and you haven't, <laughs> you're just trying to figure out what to read because there's only 48,000 things to read. Oh, yeah. Well, then uh, the Sunspots Comics podcast is definitely for you. Or maybe you're 147 years old like myself and you've been reading comics like since they created Grass and you just want some help, want to save some time and some clams, well then Sunspots Comics is here for you. We definitely tell you the best stuff to read and give you a list, so it makes it easy. And three quick thank yous. I want to say thank you and make a quick announcement that my dad, my pops, Roger Latore, your grandfather, <laughs> he, uh, one of those, he's one of those founding members of the band called the Sunspots that uh, also is my inspiration for naming, the, uh, for naming this, Sunspots Comics. We had a jam session, and I recorded a bunch of bass riffs, because he's a bass player, and a bunch of ukulele kind of sounds and riffs for the background music that you're going to be hearing on this podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you, Pops. I love you. Let's do more of that. And I wanted to also say thank you to my mom and dad for being that inspiration for the name of my comic book empire that I'm trying to build. So thank you, and I love you. Thanks, of course, to Jables, Justin, for doing our blog. And you got a new one. Tell them about the new blog. Uh, it's on Iron Fist. Um... It's, uh, it's revealing. <laughs> revealing. All right. Spoilerish. <laughs> yeah. I uh, know there's no spoilers in the blog, but it'll, it'll definitely ruin your viewing experience if you read that before <laughs> you start ruining, reading it so, or before you start watching the show. So I, I would definitely watch the show first, then read it if you're going to read it. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's revealing, I, I guess, the words I would say about right. it. Well, excellent. Well, please uh, put your eyeballs on his blog on our website. It's You can find it at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And, of course, follow Justin on Instagram at justsunspots. And you can see all of his stuff that he's doing on Instagram. And thank you, of course, to Nick Papa George for making our amazing Sunspots Comics theme song. I have to say thank you every single week. Please follow him and check his stuff out. He's a great musician. He's got a band called Solution. You can see him on facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. Right? You and I are going to go see him in concert very soon. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just waiting for that one local spot, you know what I mean? Because he's, he's been playing in Big Bear a lot lately, and that's, like, too far for me, so I'm not going that far out, so. I, Ooh, I mean, as soon as he's local, I'm, I'm in. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, me too. I, I, I miss him, and I want to see it again soon. Also, just a quick uh, reminder that don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sunspots Comics because we're giving away free comic book digital codes. It's a fun little freebie. We like to give away one every so often, like I want to give away one right now. So yes, here we go. This is actually Spider-Man issue number six with Miles Morales. It's part of the Civil War II. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, and it's art by Nico Leone. And it's a ton of fun, and it's right in the middle of the whole Civil War II stuff that's going on. And it's Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales. And so here is the code. Tune in. Just grab this code. Go over to Marvel dot com slash redeem and the first one to get this wins a free comic so here's the code listen in it is f is in frank c is in charlie m is in mary m is in mary nine q is in queen t is in tom t is in tom the number four u is in under x is in x-ray z is in zebra so coming at your flash style flash style here you go f c m m nine q t t four u x Z. So come and get it. Grab the code. Go over to marvel.com slash redeem to get a free comic book. Just a little thank you from us here at Sunspots Comics for listening and joining in on the fun. So just the first one to get it wins. So grab that code and go and get a free comic book. So there you go. So also right now, let's just jump right in, Jables. We got let's get into my let's get into the night the podcast issue number ninety-nine here at Sunspots Comics with some fun stuff floating around in our nerd brains. Yes. That's what that sound is. The first thing that's been I've been loving it's that's coming right into my nerd brain is the Eagle Moss Marvel Chess set membership. I've been loving it. It's a super fun program. Every month I get two Marvel chess pieces. Some months I even get more than that if there's like those special edition sets. Uh, like recently the they're just gearing up for Guardians of the Galaxy, so the Drax and Gamora piece set come came in and they look amazing. But just uh, go over to my Instagram at Sunspots Comics. You can see some pictures. And uh, now I just need someone to, that'll play chess with me. Justin. Yeah, I, I always <laughs> said, like, if we play chess with those chess pieces, it makes the game just ten times better. Right. Because I, I play chess with, like, a regular board and whatever. But, you know, when you got Batman and the Joker <laughs> yeah. and Hulk and all those, like, crazy freaking awesomely detailed pieces, like, it just makes the game nerdier i guess <laughs> right so it's really fun let's do it you're like did you just take my spider-man with your venom you <laughs> son of a <laughs> like it just adds to it right yeah like hulk can't destroy magneto like you know there's just like <laughs> when they're on on the opposite side so it's so much fun i could i i have to recommend it to you just go to eaglemoss.com slash marvel chess to see and you should join it's pretty awesome it's like 17 dollars a month and so it's not not that bad uh, when you get two pieces, though, it's you know twice that, but totally I mean, worth it. I, I'm loving little, it. Little, little statues, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, like, almost like little little statues you can display on a desk, or you know what I mean? It's like almost having a uh, you know the Marvel official statues just in miniature form. 
You know what I mean? In a chess set piece, it's, it's cool. Because the detail on them is like super good. I have them here at, at my home office. I have them at my work office. <laughs> like I got them everywhere. They follow me wherever I go, and they're like beautiful little mini statues. You're right. Well said. So the next thing on our nerd lobes is from Jables. What's uh, and it's well, it's in both of our nerd brains. Well, uh, we're gonna talk about Iron Fist. That's both. That's both in our brains. Yeah. So I I'm done obviously because I wrote the uh, the blog. So I finished it, and um. I don't, I don't want to spoil too much, but, I mean, overall, I was fairly disappointed. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's, it, coming from, from watching Daredevil and, and, I mean, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, like, they're, they're all pretty solid. I, I'd say maybe Jessica Jones and Luke Cage not so much as Daredevil Season 1 and 2, which were phenomenal. Agreed. Um, but, you know, coming off of Luke Cage, which was, I guess, sort of brave to do luke cage you know what i mean the way they did the time that they, they're doing it you know um so going into the iron fist it was just it was just disappointing i mean i, I wouldn't say it's bad to, to me it was just it just wasn't what i was expecting you know i was expecting more from from marvel i was expecting more from some of the actors that were in it and it just uh it just fell short to me well, I'm on the other side of the fence so far, but I'm only in episode six, and I have a ton of a ton of TV on my list. But for me, I've gone back to Iron Fist, so that says a lot because I could have been one or two episodes in and dropped it and just said ah, uh, and it low prioritized it and forgot about it. But I've been kind of itching to watch it, and I've been enjoying it. My expectations were very low uh, going in. Yeah, so, well, so were mine. That was the, that was the problem. It was just when you when you're watching it and you're you're sort of in your in the back of your mind you're sort of comparing it at the same time to the past shows you've watched from Marvel and it just kind of like hurts it to me that's how it, it hurt the the show knowing that coming from these other shows that were so great it was just it was just hard to watch well i i, I kind of disagree with you there as well because uh, Daredevil 2 was great, but that seems like so long ago. So I've had I've had Luke Cage, which I didn't really care for, and Jessica Jones, which is just okay in my brain. So this kind of has gone down, you know, those those Marvel Netflix TV shows were kind of going down a ramp, and this kind of, to me, brought it back up. It was like kind of fresh feeling. It didn't feel like those. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it, but my, my full review isn't quite in yet. Like I said, I'm only on, on episode 6. Yeah, I mean, from from that point where you're at, it's gonna it, it it gets better. I could say honestly that the weaker part of the season was from beginning to middle, beginning yeah. to like maybe beginning to six or seven. After six or seven, it, it totally flipped what uh, Luke Cage did on its head. Like where Luke Cage, the back end was kind of just eh. Yeah, yeah. Iron Fist, the the back end is better. Okay. So, well then, that's that's going to be good for me because I'm already liking one through six. Yeah, I mean, it, it just the, the the back end it, it ramps up the stakes a little bit more. It's, it's fun, um, but like I said, it's just uh, it just fell short for me. I I couldn't uh, I don't know I couldn't give it the rating I wanted to give it because okay. I obviously want to give something way better ratings. But um, sorry, I, I like it just it just fell short and it sucks that that's how it was but you know it is what it is well i if you if you say it's going to ramp up then i'm i'm all in because uh, like i said i've been enjoying the first six so we'll definitely see where that goes but read more about it on justin's blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com to read the full full-fledged review it's all on there 
So the next thing on my nerd lobes is this is the celebration, the centennial of Mr. Will Eisner. Of course, he's uh, just a couple of bullet points people kind of know and don't know, and maybe for you too, Justin. He uh, was born in Brooklyn 100 years ago. He served, served in World War II. He created his comic called The Spirit, which is it really uh, conceptually sort of opened so many doors with how just how comics are done today. He basically created the yeah. concept of graphic novels. Uh, he was one of the first ever writer and artists because, you know, you had Jack Kirby and Stan Lee in two separate parties. He was sort of doing it all. I mean, he really had three books that he wrote as well that changed the very landscape of comics. There was comics and sequential art, which really just to this day holds up with being like the holy grail of how to create comics. Uh, also, a second book, graphic storytelling, and his third called Expressive Anatomy, which Expressive Anatomy is and conceptually is very much how comic books work. I mean, you have to be able to see in that art the facial features that sell it for you. So, so important as to what he did. He was a groundbreaker. He's a godfather of the very creation of comics. I mean, the Eisner Awards, which, you know, the Oscars of comics are named after him, uh, which they began in 1988. You know, they, I remember when they created them. I was like, wow, the, the, they're calling it the Eisner. You know, I was just in high school when that happened. And uh, he's he, he worked in, as a full-time ambassador of comics, going to even San Diego Comic-Con every single year before he died in 2005. I mean, that's crazy. He is very much the ambassador. It's his centennial celebration, so I wanted to say thank you to Will Eisner for your wonderful, groundbreaking work. You've really you know, set the tone and created the landscape that is comics today, so thank you so much, Mr. Will Eisner. Pretty crazy. And the next thing on our nerd brains that you watched and I didn't was the Justice League trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, of course, avoid trailers like The Plague. Like, uh, I'm going to get some sort of fungus growing on me, but you watched it, and tell me, tell us what you thought of it. Uh, despite all thoughts of, of the DCEU at this point, you know, everyone's sort of, everyone's sort of on this, like, crazy, I don't know, worry, everyone's worried, I guess, right now, because, <laughs> because the whole Ben Affleck thing, and he dropped out of Batman, so everyone's kind of, you know, Flash can't land a director, all that kind of stuff, it's, everyone's sort of tripping out as far as movie news was. So when this came out, um, I think it, it, it was sort of like a, uh, like everybody calm down. Like justice league is <laughs> going to be amazing. So I, I but I, I will say that I, I, um, I'm a little worried that they're suicide squatting this trailer. Uh -oh. You know what I mean? Where it's not <laughs> as good as what it's, you know, holding, but at the same time, the imagery that they showed in this, in this trailer was sort of just to be like, oh crap! Like, there's no, they, they didn't reveal any storyline. Good. They just revealed, they they just showed you, I guess, more of the characters and okay. what they're gonna be doing and like the action and a lot of explosions and Zack Snyderness and <laughs> they're on some different world, all this kind of crazy stuff. And so, um, I, I'm a little worried and apprehensive. I'm holding back judgment, you know what I mean? Because Suicide Squad did kind of ruin trailers for me in a way, because that was just so misleading, and, and the trailers were so fun, the movie was just, like, not what they promised, you know what I mean, so, it was, uh, it was a good trailer, I will say that, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to the movie, I have been since they announced it at Comic-Con, what, last year, mm -hmm. two years ago, I don't know, and so, they took, uh, they took a lot of imagery from that original trailer, and, and sort of just made it into a more... I don't know, chock full trailer 
with with a lot more character pieces, and you see a lot more Aquaman. Um, you see a lot more of the Flash, and it, it, I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready for it to come out, man. I'm just super excited. Well, good they didn't show any sort of plot lines whatsoever. So it's really just like a visual showcasing, kind of showing you what the outfits look like, and what yeah. some of the tone and the and the you know the colors look like. It's just kind of giving you that it, little showcase. Then there is one line, and I'll say yeah. it because. It's not. It's not bad. It, it's. It, it's just like it's Bruce saying to Wonder Woman. He goes like, "They're coming," and she's all, "They're already here." So it's like, "Okay, who?" You know, they don't answer that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of imagery that will reveal like maybe you can figure out who if you're a comic book nerd. So I kind of know, but um, my fingers are right next to my ears just in case. Like I didn't hear <laughs> even what you said about Bruce. I jammed my fingers into my ears. So. But uh, <laughs> you're getting too close. You're making me scared. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's a it, it's a good trailer, and, and I mean, if you're trying to stay away from the spoilers, by all means, stay away from this because you will be that much more surprised with what these people can do when you see the movie. So, I mean, for all, by all means, you know, stay away from it. But it is a good piece of of you know work. Whoever cut this trailer, nice. The song, it's it's. Uh, there's a cover, but I can't, I don't know who, but uh, Come Together by the Beatles. It's a cover oh, okay. of that song. And uh -oh. it's just like, it's just a lot for me. Like, you know, they're all coming together. Like, just, like, <laughs> oh, like, boy. So I was yeah. nerding out. Um, it, but it was fun. I liked it. I, I, I watched it like four or five times in oh. preparation for talking about it. So, yeah, yeah I watched it, it too much. You know me. <laughs> I just, it's, movies are a visual medium. Uh, if you see a lot of the visual imagery, then it's familiar you can check that list off when you see the comic or the, the movie. So, you know me, I just steer clear. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's, it's building up some hype for you. That's good. You know, I, I, I uh, you talk about trailers and, and like a checklist. You know, um, I, it, for me, I, I enjoy trailers mostly because I see them like a little piece of art, a little piece of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and like take the Logan trailer, the first Logan trailer. You do you did you ever see that trailer with Hurt? I under protest with my hands over my face, but yet my fingers were spread apart where I could see through the finger hole. So I was kind of, but I could hear it in the Johnny Cash song, and I knew and felt the vibe and saw a couple of flashes of imagery. But for okay, the most well, part, I stayed away. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, man, look that trailer up and and just watch it, like in in all of its 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 emotion. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I saw that in theaters, like I cried, like a tear came down. It was so hard to watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, because in the trailer you see, you know, you see Professor X and he's kind of crotchety and like old and and so seeing that trailer and that trailer is such a work of art and so that's just a good example. Like when you can watch trailers and just be so emotionally captivated with what's on screen, even if it's not the full movie, I, I just feel like they should be appreciated. So I I, I embrace trailers in a different way than a lot of people do and most mm -hmm. people watch it like you do where it's a visual checklist and seeing what's coming up you know so i, yeah. I look at it a little bit differently and i try to keep that um in mind when i'm looking at trailers and trying to you know judge if i'm gonna go see the movie so it, it, i just look at i looked at the justice league trailer with a little bit more apprehension just because of the suicide squad thing so we'll, we'll see what happens and uh yeah 
Definitely. We're glad you enjoyed it. I, I still won't look at it. But, uh, you know, especially with, comp <laughs> <laughs> with comic book movies, I'm going to see it regardless. So I don't need any hype or, you know, visual introduction at all. But um, I'm glad it was good. I'm glad. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I scroll past stuff on online when I'm on all the social media. I'm like, ah, there's another one. And I'm like, Phew! I just like go past it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm well, you not have, liking it. You, you have the ultimate source material. You have the ultimate checklist. You know what I mean? That's yes. like the Bible of checklists for this movie. You know what I mean? So. I'm with you, bro. You're, with you're you. sort of you sort of have like a lot more to look forward to as far as like seeing stuff from the page come to life. So I wish exactly. I could see see that from your eyes because it must be a little bit more amazing seeing yeah. it like you. And that of course that little kid inside of me that just loves uh, being here and just that that it's that it's here and here we are in this, this day and age <laughs> and my lifetime that we're seeing these things that I read that were so in such a small little microcosm of my world when I, and, and the world in general when I was younger to see it explode and see where it is now it's just insane you know I mean it's yeah. replaced it's replaced basically the movie action genre it's comic book movies I mean yeah. you get John Wick and a few here and there and but um you know it's that's what it is so yeah I, I, I love it but uh, so also now moving on to the very last thing on my nerd brain, which is of course I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And I'm doing the writing, the coloring, and lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his beautiful art. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you, Jordan. And please check out our website zombiedestroyers.com, where I've posted some sample pages of the comic book I created. So every now and then I kind of give it a little update, but it's zombiedestroyers.com. Check it out. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. Uh, Jordan is actually working, uh, finished the pencils for page, pages 18, 19, and 20, and they are beautiful. And I'm actually finalizing uh, the last two sort of bits of writing, pages 21 through 25, and then 25 to 30 is the end of issue number one. So I'm super excited. We're getting close to having that first issue done, and I can put it out there in the world. So I, it's just a passion project of mine. I can't wait to show everybody. And what do you think, Justin, of what I've showed you so far? Uh, honestly, man, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a little surprising that that came from your head. You know, <laughs> what? What you um, that it actually I mean, you're saying the word like it actually came from your head. Yeah, <laughs> what? What? I mean, just the just the realization that you know you created this is so amazing to me, you know? <laughs> <Nice>. So <laughs> like it, it, cause I mean, Jordan Hudson's doing such a great, uh, a great job at like depicting it, what you're trying to come across. And mm -hmm. so seeing it <laughs> actually physically and like, you know, in front of me, it was just sort of like, wow, like this is real. And so it's, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of cool. And, and, um, proud of you um you're definitely an inspiration for me to go forward with Aww. all my ideas um but uh yeah i mean as far as your work goes as far as jordan works goes i'm excited i i want to read this you haven't put any dialogue in any of the originals so i'm sort of waiting i've seen art and i've seen you've told me a lot of story but i kind of just want to read it and, and right. see what's going on. so when you're finished with that man i'm gonna be beyond happy so well thank keep you doing son. Thank you, son. And of course, you get a limited edition of first run, <laughs> one of one autographed uh, <laughs> for thirty nine ninety five. No, just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your support, and thank you for uh, for every all the kind words. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoy looking at it, and just wait until it's. I I can't wait to show everybody. It's exciting. But thank you very much. And again, see, please check out zombiedestroyers.com for some updates here and there. 
And also just a quick uh, segment mention of spotlighting. We uh, here at Sunspots Comics, we love to sort of shed light and show some love to independent comic book creators out there that are trying to make it in comic books, like myself. And we want to do what we can to help you and put your comic books out there so people can find them. So if you're a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letterer, it doesn't matter. You just want to make a living in comic books. Send me a review copy of your work to chris at sunspotscomics.com. Or, of course, just message me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Matter of fact, Justin, I have one I'm going to send to you that an independent creator has sent over. Uh, okay. He's asked me really not to say anything yet because it's still kind of far out, but I'll send you a copy of it. And thank you, you know who you are, for sending that stuff to us. But <laughs> we definitely want to do our part to help out when we can. So we have that little section of our of our podcast called Spotlighting, and that's what it's here for. So send me your stuff. We'll do what we can to spread the word. So now, on to our favorite part of the Sunspots Comic Podcast, which is our comic book reviews and recommendations, where we pick our favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, March 22nd. And spoiler-ish, semi-spoiler-ish alert! Ring the bell, Jables. Ring-a-ding! Ding-ding! <laughs> but don't worry, we really, um... Just trying to harness our powers of persuasion and just trying to inspire you to go buy these comic books. So it's just a nice little put-together list, and it's just uh, really not going to spoil everything. We leave the last couple of pages alone, but uh, and we don't cover every single interesting point of the comic, but just so you've been warned, spoiler semi-ish alert. And to see everything that we're reading, to our, we've nicely put together a little list here on sunspotscomics.com. Just go there. You can see the pull list. You can see my all of 148 titles that I'm reading. It's crazy. It's 148. Uh, you can click on <laughs> top comic books of the week to see all my past top picks. So if you want a list, there it is. It's right there for you. I just recently updated it, like this morning. So I made it a little simpler. I compacted it. I simplified it. Check out sunspotscomics.com. I'm super proud. And this week... Art winner-wise, Justin, you and I agreed on the art winner, but kind of last minute, because you had another one in mind, so you should talk about your runner-up, but we both agreed on Tomas Giarello for Exo Man of War, issue number one. Yes, sir. That was, it was, uh, just when you open the first page, like, just that beautiful, like, yellow, orange farmland, Yeah. you know, almost Hobbiton-like, you know what I mean? It was, it was gorgeous. Um, as far as art goes, like, it was just so easy to look at you got you grasped the world real fast you know what i mean you, you sort of understood where you're coming from and what you can expect from the rest of the series so i i, I really liked the art as far as as far as this book goes too so. yeah it had a it's crazy you say hobbiton because you're right in my head it to me it looks like it looks like a like like a mixture of Frazetti. There's definitely a Frank Frazetti influence here, very Conan feel. Uh, but I, I definitely see some Hobbiton, and I also see like um, I see uh, John from Mars. I see uh, you know that yeah. sort of it's look. John yeah, John Carter from Mars, like that. The orange, the yellow, the sort of burnt landscape a little bit, like Tatooine with three suns. Yeah. Even had some of that, but with the Frank Frazetti sort of Conan ultimately you know that feel a very barbarian kind of look and that's what eric of dacia is he's just this crazy barbarian in ways he reminded me of of aquaman right he's got sort of has one yeah. hand <laughs> and the and this blonde hair and the beard and it's like <laughs> just not underwater <laughs> you know yeah and he's got a crazy scar on his chest yeah and they spent a lot of time in the opening sequence of this with very little dialogue right to really let the art just come forward like the like that front like that splash page you're talking about with the silhouette of of eric standing there with that sort of reaping uh scythe if you will and it's yeah. silhouetting in the background with those crazy tanks that come rolling in from the army like it's just so gorgeously laid out in panels 
and the silhouetting is amazing and like like I said that burnt landscape and very barbarian feel is just and John Carter of Mars all together but the the facial expressions right uh, speaking of Mr. Will Eisner sells yeah. it it was um y- you see like as far, when you go on in the comic um emotion displayed very well he, he's very stoic of a character Arik is Eric Arik mm-hmm. Arik I always uh, call him yeah um, he's very stoic. He's, he's he's a barbarian. You know, he's he's very Conan-esque. But like he, the artist displayed the emotion on his wife's face very well. Yeah. And his, especially as the the character sort of develops into this this sort of reluctant hero or reluctant. Um, I don't know. Not really hero. He's just kind of like a he fell into this this job. You know what I mean? So when you, when you see the, the you know his emotions when he has to leave his family, it's very interesting. Yeah. And uh, beautifully done. Yeah, and the color art uh, top notch, I would say, because it really sells the whole story. Uh, Diego Rodriguez on color, he really spent some time laying out these panels, and whenever there was uh, his exosuit sort of in the frame, it was just like very bright and brilliant and glowing and it really sort of had this stark appearance and really glowed and i just i love that and it goes from beautiful sunburnt daylight to just gorgeous blues at night like just some great coloring i thought just top notch yeah very bright very bright like yellows and, and oranges and, and and it mixes well with the <clears throat> the indigenous people of this planet that he's on yeah their blue skin, so mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to see that contrast between the the two dark characters and then like the very bright world where very sunny and you know lush, you know it, it was nice. And he, he this artist uh, does something special here with the the alien the aliens have no pupils, so it's as a as an artist and a writer, it's got to be harder to really sell the emotion because you can't see the pupils in the eyes. So he has to do a lot more facial features to really show that emotion, and he pulls it off well. And he also was the cover art winner to Moss Giarello. Uh, overall, he beat everyone except for a, a close second was Allies, which you almost made that your cover pick. Yeah, I um. For allies, just before we go into the the EXO one, um, for allies, it it was just like a, it almost reminded me of like a legit painting that you would see in like a museum. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it was, uh, it was interesting to to see that cover for a comic like this because this is such a crazy world to be getting into. A very interesting comic, and it has this very interesting piece of art that you just kind of don't really know what to expect and and seeing that art going into the book it, it was just it was awesome a very beautiful piece uh yeah it's almost like a like a van gogh you're right like it yeah it doesn't uh, you you don't feel like this should be a comic when you really look at it it's just like so pretty and beautifully painted and it's very uh, very much paint strokes the lines on it that just yes. give it this this dreamy like quality right yes i loved yeah. it uh, that, especially that book we'll get into that later that, that, was, that was a really good book but the EXO, the EXO, in my opinion, it edged it out in best cover uh, art this week because it just has a cinematic look to this cover, right? Like you, it yeah. Just, it reminded me of like a movie poster. Absolutely, like a movie poster. It's like you know Luke Skywalker standing in the in the front and sort of Darth in the background, but it's this star-like uh, background and blue. That's and all the main characters are standing sort of in the foreground. It's with swords and weapons and the exo suit and it's just this blue contrast with the gold right the stark sort of differences between the colors that really pop yeah his suit is like a bright orange and like metal you know highlights and stuff 
and then the background is like deep blue, like a space or yeah. like or maybe like underwater. I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll see what where the story progresses. Maybe that has something to do with it. But it was uh, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. Uh, very very um, movie poster like, and I don't know the abilities of this guy, but his like his spear, his, like whatever the hell he's grabbing, just looks awesome. Yeah. And it, then with that 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 top half of the you know where the the, the name of the comic is very well yeah the placement of that right his uh, just the extension of his exosuit is like this sort of staff this glowing staff awesome it just bleeds right into the very top and it's it's gorgeous people put your eyes on it but those are art winner and cover art winner thank you it was just glorious and, and beautiful again a uh, beautiful art by Tomas Giorello I tried to find him online he's got kind of nothing um, to, to plug where he's where you can find him but um, I'm gonna find him Tomas Giorello art winner cover art winner of the week hands down and the breakdown there were 26 comics this week thank you again jables for reading all of them and yeah. <laughs> 10 of them made it to our great ones recommendation list that is less than the 50 percent where i try where i always hope to live at but the 10 that made it were amazing and then the new number one breakdown there were eight this week and six of them made it to the great ones list which is crazy that uh you know way more than 50 percent. so the new number ones were doing it right this week even though i i considered bloodshot zero a number one but still it's a it's the same thing they could have named it zero numbered it zero or one didn't really matter and so let's get into it jables let's go into the great ones list of comic books for the new comic book day week wednesday march 22nd we consider these ones we're about to talk to here to be the greatest of the great ones and only the great ones make it to the sunspots comics recommendation list so here we go coming up here are the great 10 but before we do let's have you have a special mention you want to mention one that didn't make it to the countdown and what was that jables it was uh, Unworthy Thor number five. I uh, I was really surprised when you told me that this didn't make your list. And I was, um, you know, I I, I, I read this storyline pretty quick because uh, you told me about it a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like, all right, like I'm going to jump into it. And I just started reading the crap out of it. And I couldn't put it down. It was so interesting. Um, but I, I loved this issue, man. Like, I, I was so surprised. Like, it, it was very emotional. Um, and action-packed at the same time because you know he's unworthy. He goes to grab this hammer, and he, and he doesn't. And you know you see you see this part where he's like like I am Thor, and like he sees like his past and like with the Avengers and like Odin and all that stuff. And it was just like to me it was it was a great issue, and I was so surprised when you told me that it didn't make your list. And and uh, the whole series in a whole, I guess I could rate as just being awesome. And um, you know, you get you get Thanos in this issue. You get you know you get the um, Hella. You get you know it's just a cavalcade of cosmic comic bookness. That's a lot of C's. Um, <laughs> well said. And, yeah, and I know you you were a little bit uh, disappointed with how it ended. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, you know, as far as like from a writing standpoint, like I enjoyed the ending. It was um, it was I don't know. It felt like it paid off to me. Um, and it's definitely not over, you know what I mean? It's going to go further from, from this issue, and, and um, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I guess I looked at the, the, the book with uh, a little bit different eyes because I read all five issues in, like, I don't know, a couple days. So um, it's an honorable mention for me. If, uh, if I ranked it, I think it was number three on my list when I gave you my list. But, um, yeah, I mean... We can move on. It's just, it's just, it's a great book. Check it out. Check out the five issue series by Jason Aaron. 
great stuff. Yeah, Unworthy Thor, the, the a couple of the previous uh, one through four, I think two of them made it to my top pick list in the past. Uh, they, I just fell into a little bit of the hype of this is the final reveal as to why he's not worthy. I fell into and it maybe a little overhyped it for me. I'm not going to spoil as to why, but I might. Well, is he really not might've... worthy? Is he really not worthy? <laughs> right, and that's part of why it doesn't really answer. And yes, it goes on, but I was hoping this was kind of its own encapsulated story, but it wasn't. It just kind of hey, ties in to the bigger pick. I know Marvel is infamous for that, and I should have known better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but. a little, a little bit of ambiguity is is always kind of nice, you know. what I mean, he 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 could be worthy. We don't know, but uh, you know, an ambiguous ending is sort. If you can perfect that as a writer, like you can do anything. You know what I mean? So I I, I liked that it was a little bit amb- like it had that ambiguity where he is he worthy? Is he not worthy? Who knows? And what's gonna happen next? Who is this person? You know, we'll see what happens at this point. And and Hela and Thanos are hooking up. Like, is that going to have repercussions in the rest of the universe? Like, what the hell is going to happen? So right, we'll see. I like that Thanos looked like he'd lost some weight. You know, he trimmed <laughs> down a little bit. <laughs> he did like a skinny Thor. Like it was like you know, he just went through Weight Watchers or something. He's just like uh, <laughs> He's got cutting his back. calories back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, I like it. it's a great title, oh, okay. and yeah, I'm still gonna read Thor and see what what happens from here and where it go. How they infuse it into the Mighty Thor series with Lady of Thunder, and you know, we'll see. It's definitely gonna go somewhere, and, and yeah. we're gonna get those answers because I know Marvel's had some issues with uh, their their sales numbers dipping, and they and them wanting to return a little more to legacy like DC is doing. So we very well may see, you know, something a little more return to to the ode of uh, Thor very soon. We'll see. But thank you, that's an honorable mention. So now let's break it down. Let's get into the top 10. So starting out at number 10 for Marvel Comics was Iron Fist, issue number one. I mean, we're watching the show. They timed it out so well, right, as Marvel does. Here's a brand new issue number one. This is from writer Ed Brisson, which I've loved his stuff in the past. He's done a ton of things. Check him out. And artist Mike Perkins, who kind of surprised me. I mean, it's very gritty and realistic art, right? Yeah, um, that was one thing I wrote down, uh, that the art was, was very, like, like, um, not graphic, but like, you were just kind of like, Oh, like, like it, everything looks painful <laughs> when, when you see these hits land. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, it, it was not, I, and one thing I, I thought was kind of funny is, is Danny Rand looks a little bit like, uh, like Daryl <laughs> yeah, uh, from walking dead. Yeah. <laughs> or like, uh, he looks like, you know, um, Norman Reedus from boondock saints, I guess. I yeah. Say. A little blonder version. Yeah. And but uh, I thought that was funny. I wrote that down as a note just for to, to mention, be funny. But uh, yeah, the art was awesome. Um, I loved. I think if they would have made this the storyline for the show, <laughs> it would <have> been better. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I had a um, feeling you were gonna say that. <laughs> um, another, another fun another fun thing I liked about the book was when he's fighting this guy at the end, and he sh- he they're literally like, you see the hits land, and then yeah. you see the name of what he just did. You know, yes. like bird struck punch or um, there's the side shatter kick and upward cannon punch. And right. they're like naming everything. I thought that was so funny. I thought it was awesome just to yeah. see like comics, going. Comics do that well. I mean, can you imagine if they infuse that into the TV show? I mean, it could be done in a stylized way, right? Where it's like listing, you know, the crane punch and it's like yeah, snake. Or like bullet time, you know, it's like bullet time stuff. Like the Matrix, like he, he, he like he lands the punch and it's just like crane punch, you know, and like <laughs> some right. narrator background. It's awesome. <laughs> 
But I, I agree with you on the violence of it and the feel of it was surprising. I was expecting, um, you know, it's it's on the edge of R. It's definitely a Marvel title and a standard Marvel uh, ongoing. But yeah, some of the violence, right? There was a neck snapping and the, yeah. the punching and the violence was um, was really kind of very brutal and something maybe the show is lacking a bit, right? When people get punched in the face and stuff, nobody, you don't really yeah. see it in the TV show. You see this here. It's gritty and kind of bloody and there are bruises and it's just, uh, I was surprised, like really surprised. He, he, he breaks one dude's arm in this one page and it's just like the grossest looking like panel yeah. I've seen in a while. <laughs> like he, he just snaps the crack, the, like the crap out of it. Just like, <laughs> the, like esque, you know, or just, what the Right. <laughs> I was doing a lot of those sound effects in my mind as I'm reading this. Like, <laughs> and like and crunch and crack and it's just um he's bored at first to give you a gist of the story right he's just kind of bored he's he's in sort of the fight clubs and you're not supposed to talk about fight club and he's just kind of wandering and not really sure what he's supposed to do you could tell he's like he's looking for a you know a mission a reason a, a direction and uh, he very quickly finds that with who they introduce here right and yeah. Um, it's just a great little jumping on. They don't tell you very much, but it's just kind of setting the stage, kind of explaining how what Danny Rand is going through and the kind of person he is here, and a, a fresh take that definitely ties into the show in some ways and feel, but it's doing its own thing, right? Yeah, and uh, going forward, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but um, sort of. But uh, I, I wrote down as a note, I put like Marvel, Marvel's Mortal Kombat, like question mark, like <laughs> what's gonna happen? You know what I mean? Is, are we gonna see Sub Zero and Scorpion like come down and fight Iron Fist? Get over that would here! Be <laughs> it would be freaking amazing. So that'd be great. And I'm didn't, um, didn't uh, Mike Perkins' art feel a little like Killer Be Killed? Yes. Yeah. Right? Maybe that's like why you liked it. The lines, the lines, and all the action was cool. You know, seeing like when he kicks somebody, you see like the air, you know, like come off of his foot. It was nuts. Yeah, such attention to detail. I mean, even when he's sort of walking in Chinatown, like all the beautiful different colors at night there, and it's just, it, he really sells this world, and, you know, Danny's having some issues with alcohol here, and it's a very real take, and it, it, it does feel very cinematic, so I'm in. I added this to the pull list, and uh, the art is solid and dark, and, and like I said, violence is gruesome. The action of the violence, the blurring effect, it all worked for me. It was really good. Yeah, I, yeah. I just wish I saw more of the suit. Same with the show. I wish yeah. I saw the suit. Yeah, so. and they just give you a glimpse, but it's, it's doing a good job of uh, keeping you interested and setting a good stage, so I'm in. Check out Iron Fist. Go grab it. It's super good. You know, this also made me uh, sort of look back as far as, as Iron Fist comics go, and I, I remember hearing, uh, I think it was last year, when uh, it was Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. So after I read this, I actually went back and like looked for some of those. I'm, I'm probably going to be reading some of those pretty soon. Yeah, that was good. Very different take. It almost had like an animated, cartoony-like feel to their partnership, and it was more of a, a buddy comic that was really kind of a lot of humor written into it. But this yeah. feels this feels darker, edgier, and a little more serious than that. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. And coming in number nine uh, from Dark Horse Comics is Rebels, and uh, this is These Free and Independent States, issue number one. So another one of those, right off the bat, number ten and number nine are brand new number ones. And uh, this is Brian Wood doing his thing because no one does sort of fictional historical comics, you know, mixed in with an actual, you know, factual historical event. This fictional character that that no one does it better than Brian Wood. So what did you think of this? Um, I thought the art was awesome. Yeah, right. The ocean, the ships. It was it was very, uh, very like vibrant, beautiful, like the water, the fire. It, it was it was nice. It was nice to look at. Uh, this didn't actually make my list. Um. 
I liked the aspect of like it being in real time or like this could be an histor- historical event. Um, story didn't really grab me all that much though. Well, so Brian I, Wood, if you're familiar with his stuff, he is a very slow burn. He really takes his time. And this is just setting the stage, honestly, and kind of telling you that uh, it's uh, Alexander Hamilton uh, basically forming the U.S. Navy and why he had to create the United States Navy in 1794 was because of pirates. And that's that's kind of what the, the gist of the story is. Mixing in with our main character, uh, which I'm bad with uh, names. I don't want to say his son's name John, is John. Yeah, John Abbott. Yeah, John Abbott is the son, right? And the the dad yeah. was like, um, I forgot the dad's name, but it's really the passing of the torch because in previous arcs you got to see the the father uh, is the primary character. This is is passing that torch over to his son, who is like this amazing sort of shipbuilder, right? But he seemed also a little autistic, maybe, right? Like he's counting uh, yeah. all the leaves on the trees or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's very like antisocial. The only thing he really like is captivated by or like interested in is boats. Right. Ships. You know, it was like all the names of these these big ships passing in through harbors, and it was, it was uh that, that's kind of cool. You know, I have a friend whose whose brother is autistic, and they're very intricate people. They're really cool people. You know, like they they have their passions and stuff like that. That my my friend's brother is is in Power Rangers, and uh, huh. so I, I can kind of see similarities. Like maybe he is autistic. He's got this obsession with boats and ships and. So it, it was kind of cool yeah. to see. I think that, that Br- Brian Wood board. historically does his homework on things like that too. So there's like uh, terminology used, I'm sure, for ancient boat building. That's how how much like meticulous details Brian Wood spends in his comics. So there's like things that he's referencing there, which you know he has done all the background on. But um, I like that it's weaving into again the the forming of the U.S. Navy and how he may have an important part in the very building as to why our ships were faster. And why they were more deadly on the water, and they were able to establish themselves a, as a formidable navy in those days. So I, I love that blend of fiction and and actual facts and historical events. And uh, nobody does like Brian. And yes, fantastic. Who was the artist on that? Because uh, I've let you borrow the actual paper comic. So uh, <laughs> Andre Muti, uh, and I think it was Lauren Appy. I'm pretty Appy. sure he's done the art for Brian on his previous arcs of Rebels. Because this is a like I want to say it's the third arc of it, but uh, I'm definitely in. I want to see where this goes. Yeah, hang with it because Brian Wood is a definitely he's a slow burn kind of writer. He takes his time. I'm not I'm not putting it down. You know what I mean. I'm gonna like continue reading it and see seeing what's happening. But um, yeah, just just as as far as story goes, I, I just wasn't that interested in it. Um, we'll see what happens when the story starts to progress a little bit more. That's probably when I'll get more interested because. It seems like it's going to be a more intellectual story, a lot of government involved. So, uh, you know, that's not a lot of my interests, but we'll see what happens. Um, Brian Wood's a good writer. Another one of his comics is on our list. So, Oh, and I love the sequence where the son, John, just sort of takes off, doesn't tell anyone where he's going. Again, that sort of <laughs> maybe a bit of autism or whatever it is, or he's just a high-functioning sociopath or something. But um, he... He just disappears, and in those days, right? I mean, uh, you know, the, the people don't live very long. They figured he's There's dead. No Amber Alert, you know? Right? There's no no Amber Alert, and so he's just so obsessed with ships. He found an area in the middle of the forest and starts built making his own ship. Like, I thought, wow, what dedication! And he's definitely an interesting kind of character, and something odd about him, but. I'm all in. Rebels, these free and independent states. Another number one that made it to the countdown. It was number nine. 
Now, coming in at number eight from Valiant Comics is another one of the uh, premieres. It's a zero, but I consider it a number one. Is Bloodshot Reborn from Valiant Comics. This is written by amazing writer Jeff Lemire and art by Renato Guedes. Guedes? G-U-E-D-E-S? Well, I don't know. Sorry. I apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but his art was great. This is uh, definitely kind of a, a go-between or a sort of epilogue of the entire Bloodshot Reborn series. And it's kind of led up to this. It had such an amazing pace. And everything that happened in Bloodshot Reborn, this is kind of the aftermath. New York is destroyed. They uh, it's been they were infected by the nanite virus, and it's kind of showing what's happening with the company that was uh, that made the bloodshots and where it's going from here. This is definitely setting up. Uh, Jeff still announced that he's still going to be writing Bloodshot Reborn, so I definitely got to hang with this title. But there is sort of a bloodshot team from different eras. There's a Russian one. There's a Vietnam Vietnam one. And, and the other guy is kind of World War II, and they've been sort of upgraded in their nanites. So that's part of an interesting storyline there, because their nanites were of older design, and now they're modernized. So they're kind of equal with the current Bloodshot. And that's going to change things. That's a game changer. Um, what did you think of it? I thought um, it was not a lot happened, yes, but it's a great setup, and you reading it cold, you know, coming in, not really reading a lot of the past arcs of Jeff Lemire's Bloodshot. What did you yeah. think of it? I uh, I mean I wrote some notes. I, I, I it, it was heavy exposition. Yes. You know what I mean. So you're you're getting a lot of setup for what's going to happen down the road. Um, at this point, it's not a lot. You know what I mean. So there, it, this is just sort of like the beginning of the beginning. You know. So for me, that was a little bit boring. I mean, and I know Jeff Lemire is a great writer, and it's going to mean something somewhere down the line. So. I, to me, it was I just found it boring. Uh, but I, I knew for a fact that this was just an ep, you know an issue zero. That this isn't supposed to be really be the beginning of the the series. It's just the epilogue or the you know the prologue. So, um, I, I the only thing I wish I would have seen was some sort of action, even if it was just like in a flashback or something. <laughs> just something to like make me be like, oh yeah, like. It's going to be badass. So I should have told you to read Bloodshot Reborn, the last of this before this one, because it was all action. Like, I'll, probably, I'll probably jump in, to be honest, because I, I, I know the character, and I know some of what's going on. You've told me a lot of what's going on in that yeah. universe. And so um, I'll probably get into it, and I'll probably read some back issues and try to try to learn what's going on, look some stuff up. And then I, I, I'm definitely going to keep reading this from this point on. Just because I want to see what's going on and, and to, to learn what's the difference in this love story. I love, like, not a lot of comics do this, especially when I review with you, where they put, like, a prologue in the beginning of the issue to where I can read it and actually, like, okay, like, I'm sort of caught up. This issue did it. So I was yeah. like, thank you. Like, not a lot of issues this this week, I, I you know, I'm, I'm behind on. Uh, so, like, not a lot of the issues that we actually made on our list had that. So this was kind of fresh and, like, thank you, like, I got to... Sort of catch up a little bit and feel a little bit more refreshed when I went into the book. But it, um, we'll Good. see what goes forward. I like the book, so yeah. If it inspired you, it inspired you to go back and look at some of the others. That's that's good. And and like I said, the uh, the upgrades of the nanites to the previous Bloodshot team, uh, Blood Spot. The dog is here again, yeah. which was great. I'm glad uh, they didn't kill him. So interesting to see a dog infuse the nanites. I'm I'm all about that. And also the relationship with uh, Bloodshot and Magic is her name. And moving forward, I want to spoil what happens there, but that's kind of a reveal that happens here, something between them. And sort of the new introduction to the new regime of this uh, evil government entity that made them all in the first place and where they're going from here. So great jumping on point. 
Uh, definitely pick up some of the Bloodshot Reborn, the last few issues to see a ton of action. But this is, like I said, epilogue, prologue, getting ready for Jeff uh, Lemire writing and going forward with the Bloodshot Reborn series from Valiant. So I'm all in. I, I enjoyed it. And coming in at number 7 is from Image Comics Birthright, issue number 23. It's been a while since Birthright's been on the countdown. But this is a creator-writer, Joshua Williamson. He's, of course, doing Flash for DC. And also the co-creator artist, Andre Bresson, which is, his art is always super solid. And uh, tell me what you thought of this. I know you were going in kind of way cold again, but what were your thoughts on some of this? <laughs> super cold. I, I did not know what the heck was going on. I texted you when I finished this, remember? And I was like, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> um... Uh, this didn't make my list because of that, but right. I have a feeling if I knew the storyline and I knew what the heck was going on, uh, that I would uh, I would sort of like this a lot. Um, the art, especially in that torture scene, yes. I told you about you know, that torture scene is just nuts. Like his body's all twisted and mangled, and like yeah. his was outside of his body. Like I was like whoa, and so <clears throat> it kept me captivated, and I liked what I was seeing. It was just I was so confused and like there's a lot of characters that I don't even know their names and I'm supposed to care about them. It was just hard to it's hard to grasp. But this is another one where I am already starting to read the back issues. So good because yeah, he uh, this writer Joshua Williamson he definitely has like no regard for anyone coming in cold. He has like an entire story here written. You know, he doesn't put a previously on to help you recap. Uh, it's definitely an ongoing series that he's written this to an end is what I've read. So it yeah. will end. Some say around 25, but we're already here at 23, so that's not happening. So uh, they, they say maybe 40 is some of the things I've been reading. As So it's a, it's definitely a, it's, it's up and running. If uh, you haven't seen some of the previous issues, you will feel cold. But that torture sequence was one of my favorites because it takes torture and twists it with how they sort of make him Plastic Man, and but in a <laughs> painful way. <laughs> yeah. That his body's not meant for it. And I thought that was just genius. But it's definitely fantasy and... Lord of the Rings and uh, top 10 notch like Diablo 3 is what it reminds me of like a Blizzard title you know uh, like Warcraft and and yeah. Diablo mixed in here with some beautiful art uh, that's just gorgeous colored from from uh, the coloring by Adriano Lucas is out of this world right the ethereal glowing magic feel of it top notch yeah yeah I uh, I wrote I wrote some notes on this one too and and uh, I put you know like mythical like it's just like right. I it's very World of Warcraft to me. Right. To yeah. me, because I haven't really read any of it. Um, it has some good art too. That last, the last page, is like a heart warmer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, again, I don't really know these characters, so it was a little confusing to me. But um, I, I sort of knew the stakes of what was going on, um, just because I'm smart, you know. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna read some of this. I'm gonna learn about the world. Yeah. And. Uh, Hopefully by by the next issue before it comes out, and then I'll be able to actually put some more input into this. I feel kind of worthless with this one, so you should um, you should binge this. This is definitely binge worthy to get those twenty two <laughs> issues, just bust them out. Um, but you know, in a gist, it's Mikey, that main character, our warlord, ward, if you will, the barbarian guy, uh, was stolen and sent into that crazy realm when he was a little kid, and it destroyed his family. They've gotten a little away from that. 
as far as his parents divorced and it, it really sent his brother into a into a, a bad into a bad way and he's just sort of brought back where not many years went by but he's this you know 30 something year old barbarian and he's impregnated uh, this woman that he loves in this other land and she's there too trying to find him and it's a little bit of that not very spoilerific but you know it's a little bit of what happens there between the two of them and uh, deepening sort of who the bad guys are here and what their sort of focus is without spoiling everything because there's kind of a lot of spoilers in this but um, it's very action-packed this episode it's very sort of emotional because of the the family aspect that somewhat comes together here and there's even that sequence showing kind of an x-ray vision of the baby that's inside of her because she's pregnant yeah. and that was just beautiful it's like that glowing like it's like a glowing child it was crazy yeah and and even the when the bad guy spews the fire out of him and they're fighting in that one scene that splash page yeah. it's just it's glorious fantasy at the top 10 level 10 so <laughs> if you love that I don't know who these people are i don't know who these people are <laughs> but they're cool and yeah there's some there's some good art um i i i'm gonna go back i, I mean i have nothing good. else to say <laughs> do it well yeah that's why it's definitely my number seven so coming to number six and I'm, I'm glad you decided to go back on some of this as well it's uh, detective comics batman issue number 953 i love that their return to legacy and the numbering it tells you exactly where you are 953 i just i hope I, I think all comics should go back to that but that's just my little soapbox moment but this is written <laughs> by james tinney in the fourth and this is a artist which i think is brand new to detective because they do it bi-weekly so they have to continually just dish out all these artists that kind of look very similar to each other is Christian Deuce and Fernando Blanco. So two artists teaming up, which I like that it stays consistent and they don't sort of, you, it doesn't feel jarring to when the other artist is doing something. They just sort of complement each other. But uh, what did you think of this? Kind of you, This one you can jump in cold and kind of just kind of feel yeah. out what's going on. What did you think? Um, well, I went back two issues. Oh, good. And I, I read, I read um, the last two, which is the beginning of the storyline. Yes. Just to get some a little bit of exposition, just to, to, to see what's going on, and um, I, again, like I don't know who some of these people are, <laughs> so um, like I, I asked you some stuff, like give me yep. some some pointers, and you explained it pretty well. So I, I really enjoyed this. This yeah. was an act issue, and um, I, I wrote again down here some notes. I, I wrote that you know he um, he it's interesting to watch Batman lose. <laughs> Right. Because they see that very often. So, um, And I warned you of that, right? I warned you that he's been a little bit depowered and de-gadgeted, and it's more about the team ensemble, you know, so I warned yeah. you of that. Yeah, I, I, I like that aspect, you know, like, Batman can't work alone. I think he finally, like, realized that, I, I, I don't know when, back in the issues, and um, there's some emotional stuff in here, too. You know, you have you have um, Cassandra Cain and her mom, and, yeah. like that whole story where she's like you know she just doesn't know where she belongs in this world and i wrote down also that batman always ends up like this dysfunctional father figure and it's <laughs> funny like he he's a father figure to these messed up people and it's just like it, it constantly happens to him like he needs to take some classes or something because it's ridiculous and so he's a therapist um, full-time therapist on staff <laughs> yeah and, and there's even a there's even a scene that got me a little bit like like oh man like you kind of I know which one you're talking about. Tell me. Uh, it, it's when Cassandra Kane beats the crap out of Batman. Beats the crap out of Batman. And, and Batman loses this fight. And Alfred calls him in on the speaker. And, um, you know, in his earpiece. And he's like, like, there's somebody in the cave. Like, something's wrong. And he goes, and you see Alfred go like, oh, dear. And Batman just freaks out because right. he knows something bad happened to him. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, that relationship. Like, it. 
it gave I me the chills. It gave me the chills, that scene, right? Yeah, I haven't really seen that sort of relationship between Alfred and Batman in any of the movies. You know what I mean? Right. Where he's like, they genuinely care for each other. Right. I mean, maybe in the Nolan Batmans with uh, with uh, Michael Caine, and he, he played a definitely like a a more father figure. Father figure, yes. You know? But to to me, that that just like epitomized the emotion for this this issue. Is like like Batman's losing. He's yeah. getting his ass kicked. He, he's lost a couple of teammates. And then, like, now Alfred, like, Alfred's supposed to be this centerpiece to him that keeps him sane, you yeah. know what I mean? So now he's lost that? Like, what's going to happen? Right. So it's nuts. It's it feels real. It real. feels real stakes, right? It feels real, and the emotion on his face sold it, right? I got chills at that scene. I really did. Yeah. And, like, people are getting stabbed left and right. Like, <laughs> are they really, are they going to kill people? Like, it's nuts <laughs> to see, like, like, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but somebody does get stabbed, and it's like, are they going to kill her? Like, what? You know, it's nuts. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen as far as the end of the storyline because um, I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't know if you if this has gone on your list, but, like, Raza Ghul is involved. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, so, this is, like, focused around Shiva, the mother of Cassandra Cain, and yeah. she is the, the head of the League of Shadows. So this is the sort of – that's where the story arc is. You're reading part three. I'm glad you went back and read the first two of League of Shadows because Shiva also has been upgraded. She's like a level ten badass here, whereas yeah. they've met in previous stuff. So you have to kind of, I had to kind of let that go because uh, she's not as level ten in her awesome fighting skills as she kind of has been in the past. So they upgraded her and they downgraded yeah. Batman a little bit to like a seven. <laughs> so, so it's like, how is that going to roll out? And Cassandra, remember? Do you remember when you were little, little, little? I I told you the story without showing you of Batgirl. Do you remember that? You were probably eight or nine years old when the, that Batgirl series came out and I used to tell you about it how she was uh, grown in, in the, you know in this small room and taught not to speak and her father yes. was this assassin that taught her just body language and understanding pressure points and how to kill someone very quickly um, do you remember that? I used to just tell you the story of it I, you know that's uh, now that you say it like I, I'm remembering little stuff about it. And now that, like, I read the comic and I see all this stuff, it's kind of like, oh. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> those, are your I, bedtime, I, those are your bedtime stories, by the way, when you're 8 and 10 years old. I would tell you, Bat, this is the story of Batgirl. <laughs> I I remember, speaking of that, I remember when you, you told me about Venom. You, yes. you, you, like, you told me about Venom. That's the first time I ever heard about Venom as you were trying to get me to go to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just a side note. Um but I liked that aspect of Cassandra Kane where she she's very like nonverbal, yes. and uh, she um, what I liked especially like kind of going back to Iron Fist with the describing of whatever move she mm -hmm. sees where to hit. You know right. what I mean? It was kind of uh -huh. cool to see like almost like you're breaking down a fight scene. You know what I mean? Right. So she sees these like red dots on somebody's body and she knows where to like punch and kick and stab and scratch and whatever. And so seeing that, like, and she's going up against Batman, it was like, oh crap, like she's going to kick the crap out of him. Like it was, it was fun to watch. Do you remember in an issue in part two of the league of shadows, Batman actually says uh, that if he has to fight her, he will lose. Like yeah. he knows her fighting skill is level 10. And the one thing that she has to always remember is those points that she sees right in her sort of bullet time or whatever, like almost Iron Man sort of vision uh, and those pressure points to kill. She can't use those. She she's a, she's has the new rule of not killing. 
Yeah, so, the, the Batman rule. So she has to find her own way to really... She's constantly telling herself not to kill these people. Like, she hits in those spots. <laughs> so when she fights her mother there for a minute, her mother knows that she's changed fundamentally, Cassandra has, into not using those kill points. And she's trying to yeah. get her to use those kill points because Cassandra is a better fighter than her mother. At least she was. Now they're powering her now. And yeah. I love that, that conflict, that, that Cassandra is complicated in that way. She can't just use her fighting ability the best of her, you know, the way that she's been trained because she's, you know, realizes she can't kill. It adds it adds depth to, depth to the character. Yeah. Uh, because, because, you know, she could easily win, but she chooses not to. Right. It's like the Lee type thing, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I like that aspect of her, um. I don't know too much about her, and you're sort of reminding me of little things here and there. I'll probably do some research, Wikipedia-ing, and um, but uh, I, I, I just kind of want Shiva to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they're building a like, good bad guy. They're doing that right. Um, I would say less of Wikipedia and just go more to the collection in 1997 of Batgirl because you'll see her origin there. And it's really well done, and it gives you more. It'll give more of this character more gravitas. And don't didn't you love the uh, the the Clayface sequence where he's kind of the the positive light in her life, right? And gives her a Shakespeare book to read. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know before reading this, I didn't know Clayface was a good guy. Right uh, now, so I, that was a little that was a little jarring for me. And then like um, seeing seeing that, it was it was uh, it was heartwarming. Um, I also like the the relationship between Jim Gordon and Batman. That's right. always been my, one of my favorite relationships in comic books. It's, it's always been interesting to see because you know it's it's a, it's a cop working with a vigilante. Like it, right. it's not supposed to work. You know what I mean? This is not supposed to be a good relationship. Yep. And seeing him like sort of joke around and like being sarcastic with Batman, like it was just cool. Like like they're buddies in a way, but like not really. So it's fun to see. I'm gonna keep reading this. I, I want to see. Good what happens at the end of this storyline because i'm sort of in now i'm i've read four issues so yeah we'll I, think see. It's, I think it's six as well but yeah i love how they sprinkled gordon in here because he's really just sprinkled but that's that's definitely dc's focus on returning to legacy right i mean they they sprinkled in jim there you know it has the beats of batman and <laughs> uh, and this ensemble team and it's uh it's just been i mean it's been top pick of the week for a while here and there sprinkled in it's it's bi-weekly so sometimes it's a little tough to keep up but i haven't dropped it i haven't felt like any of them have been just really bad and taken it off my pull list so go and read detective comics and batman they're just top notch so coming in number oh go ahead i'm a little surprised because um you're you're not uh like as far as the mainstream big two you haven't really been like rating them that high you know what i mean and then when this comes out like it's the it's the only batman title i think i've read in a really long time because you told me to yeah you know as far as uh, the big two it's performing better than any you're exactly right um uh then uh, there has been a couple of exceptions with daredevil and moon knight those have been up there but uh batman is definitely the number one dc title superman has been sprinkled up now and then with some top picks yeah. as well so those yeah. four if you want to get with the big two right now those are my like favorite four of the big two. Okay. But yeah, you should, you should get all those. They're, they're glorious. But coming in at number five is a little off the beaten path. This uh, independent issue from Titan Comics. And it's Anno Dracula, 1895, Seven Days in Mayhem. This is written by Kim Newman and art by Paul McCaffrey. And again, Paul McCaffrey's art, I could find him nowhere. Um, 
on social media, which is crazy. He's an artist. But uh, this was one of those, the, the sort of cover grabbed me. I said, hey, I'm in the mood for something a little different. Um, Blood and Dust is a great sort of Dracula story that I love, and I've been missing it. It hasn't been out, but it's coming out very soon. Uh, that's actually a, another team that I'll be interviewing very soon on a future podcast is the team that does Blood and Dust from the Action Lab Danger Zones. It's kind of an old man Dracula story. Like <laughs> very like old man Logan, but old man Dracula. But Anno Dracula... <laughs> Is actually even a series of novels. Did you see at the very, very end all the, the sort of books they have for Anno Dracula? I didn't even look back there. Yeah, just <laughs> just scan all the way to the flip all the way over there to the very last page, and it shows that there is like there's a lot of novels written on this, and they've decided to put it in comic book form, which I'm really glad. At first, this threw me off, and I was a little scared at their character introductions. Right, there were a lot of them, and I was like starting yeah. to lose track of who they were, but. They drew them re- really well, so you could tell who they were. And this great this page at, at the beginning from uh, from Van Helsing, the Journal of Doctor Von Helsing. Yeah, it's a real journal page. It's an actual like photograph, and there's like this great calligraphy ink pen on the side, and it sets a great tone, right? We're in 1895 and living in this world, and I really enjoyed living in this world. What did you, what were your initial thoughts on Anno Dracula? Um, I thought um, it was a little jarring. Uh, just because you get so many introductions and into this weird world. Right. And, like, um, you you sort of meet people that you're like, is this going to be important? Are they going to matter? And, like, to be honest, like, I I still don't really know who Dracula is. Is he the blonde guy? Oh, they really don't show him. You only see a glimpse of him. Because, ultimately, the gist is, in 1895, uh, Dracula seduced the Queen of England in some ways that they're hinting to. And now is the the ruler of England. That's the okay, gist yeah. of this. Yeah. And I like, was like, I was like the, the blonde guy, prime minister, was he Dracula? Like I just didn't know who to, who was who. And um, as far as storyline goes, it's very political. Right. But uh, the beginning was awesome. Yeah. The beginning of it, where they're fighting this giant squid thing. Yeah. Was crazy looking. It was so. Uh, so Dracula uh, I, recruits sea monsters in his army yeah. in the in the English army. I thought that's nuts. And he has like, vamp like it, sort of low level vampires that actually need flying apparatus. You know that yeah. are in those like Wright brothers sort of old school <laughs> like flying suits. Yeah. Right, but they're vampires, so they can't fly because they're like low level vampires. Like what the heck? Like I was like, there seems to be like a level ten vampire and then like a level one or zero vampire that actually need help flying. <laughs> I thought, man, what is this? I mean, it's it's like Dracula has been the emperor of England for twenty five years here or something. It's already in place, right? It's it's been a long yeah. time that he's already running things, and this is sort of Game of Thrones feel in a way, right? By this entire giant cast. Yeah. I felt a little of that, yeah. which was a little intimidating. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I felt um. Uh, um, uh, that's probably my biggest uh, complaint, and, and my only real note of, of you know of negativity was because I just didn't know what the hell was going on and who some of these people are. And it's just a little jarring. Um, but you know how they're making that um, like the uh, Universal Monsters universe now, right? From the Universal, starting this, with Tom this, Cruise's movie. Yeah, with the mummy. I this is like sort of what I thought this could be. Or like you know what the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen could be. That's you know I mean? the feel. That's the feel I got. Was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen definitely. Yeah, and so I, uh, I I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm excited to see what's gonna come next, just because I, I want to see what the hell this world is all about. Like it's right. nuts. 
And like yeah. everyone's a vampire, like everyone. Like there's right. not there's nobody who's not a vampire. Like who are they eating? There's like a scene where they're on this like street cart and this guy's like eating like a live pig. Like I was like, <laughs> right. what? Yeah. So, and there's like there's like little like fetuses of some sort yeah. hanging in this like England is crazy nuts just run by vampires. But remember this this group of uh, the weekly, the group of the week, the seven uh, characters that are in that strange little quiet group that they have that meet, which the, that's the seven characters, a little tough, tough to, to grasp. And, but if you really spend some time and you understand them all, uh, Sunday, they call him Sunday Bloody Sunday. He's that uh-huh. gi- he's he is mortal. He's not a vampire. Oh. He's like one of the seven that's not mortal, and he looks kind of a mixture of Jabba the Hutt and yeah. and the and the Kingpin, you yeah. know, from Marvel. He's like, and he's not a vampire yet. He's just like hulking mass of a person, and yeah. I just thought it was an interesting character set to, to go with. I, I did read it twice to really grasp everything because there was a lot of dialogue, a lot of setup, but the world they've got going here I thought was really interesting. And neat to see that in the novels, they must have really just established this whole world. And we're kind of running in like 25 years in already uh, that, that Dracula runs uh, the English Empire. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, I, 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 too, had to read it twice just because I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's going to be a weird, trippy ride, but I, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I think so. If you like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it has that feel, the art style of it. It has a Richard Corbin sort of look to it, which is a great artist I respect heavily and very look, making things look very creepy and the faces look in a, in a very kind of cartoony way, but very realistic. Um, it's a glorious, glorious art. And yes, a lot of setup, a lot of exposition, really playing the world out here and the world is nuts. And it's a run by van. It's just overrun by vampires. But it's this group of seven, the 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 weekly or whatever they call them, the weekdays group that is really kind of banding together in all sort of aspects of of government and what and whatnot to to figure out a way to overthrow Dracula that runs uh, England. So it's crazy. But that's uh, like the fourth of my uh, six number ones that made it to the countdown. And next up, the number four is uh, Allies, issue number one. This is from Bubble Comics, so it's definitely an indie publisher. I'm glad I, I this came across. Uh, I, I'm, I really enjoyed this. This is by the team of, and I, and I couldn't find really, I could only find one person online, by the way, of this team here, but I got to give them props. It's uh, writer Natalia Devova, couldn't find her anywhere. Artist Alina Efroviva, couldn't, uh, and that's the one I found. She's on Instagram too. You can go to me on Instagram at Sunspots Comics, and you'll see she's the only Alina that I follow, and a colorist Victoria Vinogradavo. So uh, great team here. This was your art cover pick of the week, and uh, yeah. man, it almost made it for me. But EXO just edged it out. But again, it does look have that painting style, brush stroke feel, and like it's a just a glorious piece of like Van Gogh art. It's beautiful. Yeah. This uh, this honestly could have been the art winner too. Um, yeah. Art was just nuts. It, it, it was um, very like I, I wrote like animatrix style, oh, yeah. you know, a little bit. Uh, sure. like animatrix and maybe like like Big Hero Six ish kind of feel. Um, it, it was just so detailed in like the best way. Like right. the backgrounds in all the scenes were just like so detailed. Like yeah. the trees, you could see yeah. trees, and yeah. like you could see the separate branches and like the le- it was nuts. And um, you go in the story, you go back and forth in like these little dream sequences. Right. And honestly, like I could have just watched the, I could have read those all day. Yeah. Like those little stupid dream sequences. Like it was, it was so cool. It reminded me and of like, uh, you... Black Black Widow's uh, Red Room uh, sort of yes. origin, right? Yes. 
And, and let me uh, give the gist, too, if I can. They do a nice little um, previously on, and there was no other previous on this, by the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll read the gist. It's like her, the main character, Nika Chankina, was the best in her field, a master thief who became a secret agent of International Control Agency. She was completed many successful missions around the world and saved the planet from forces of evil multiple times, but in the end, the evil has won. So we don't even know what that's really about yet because this is really just a character study of, the, of Nika. And Nika and her team reached the main goal and found the Holy Grail. So I thought, like, the literal Holy Grail? But it, 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 <laughs> that's what it sounds like. And prevented it from getting into the wrong hands, but the celebration was cut short when the agents got attacked by the evil industrialists August Van Der Holt and his army. In the battle that ensued, Nika suffered critical injuries that can change her life forever. Everything else after that was a blur. What's going to happen to Nika and her friends now? So they set up a great... Previously on, there's no previous comic, but yeah. then you go into that dream dream sequence of her on a on a tightrope and her legs just started bleeding. You knew it was a crazy dream, like right from the get go, because her legs just kind of exploded with blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This was like uh, you, the imagery. It really tells a story in this one. Yes. And one thing I liked was the um, like the the uh, the annotation, the 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 noises, I guess. Yes. They were drawn in. They weren't like added in after. Right. You know, with After Effects or anything. Like the artist actually drew those in to, for emphasis. Like it made it look real. Yes. It, it's weird because it's words, you know. But like it made it like I don't know, just more more realistic to me. Like you, you can kind of feel what's going on. And there's a part where the the clown or whatever who's forcing her to walk this tightrope is laughing, and it's yeah. like cut. You know what I mean? It's cut off from the panel, but it still like just has this effect where you're just like. It just felt like you were actually, like, you can hear it. You know, it's weird. Yes. Lettering is not supposed to be really obtrusive and stand out. It's supposed to fuse properly with comics so that you can hear it in your mind. And it's supposed to be in the background and fused properly. And you're right. It was finished, completed, art done. And it, it melds together so well. I totally yeah. agree. And uh, another thing, this was just like Killer Be Killed last week. This was another great character piece like very intricate interesting and you learn the pain of this person and i'm not gonna spoil what happens to her because it's a kind of a good surprise and they do it very well in this book um you you learn the agony of what happens after this you know what i mean right. to be a person in her standpoint with when you know she, she feels like she's dreaming you know what i mean and it's just like oh man like you feel so bad and and it's just a great character building issue. And like even these dreams, like they mean something, you know right. what I mean? And I'm not going to spoil what they mean because it's very important to this issue. Um, they, they all mean something. And there's the, my favorite one was the zombie one. That was cool. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, it was like, it was like left for dead meets walking dead. Like all this kind of like all those zombie movies. And, um, but it, it all, all the imagery was just, it, it had meaning. Yes. And like the artist did did it so perfectly, emotion was displayed perfectly. It, it was just really really fun to read. Um, this was on the top of my list, so this was number one on my list. This is number two for you, and I can see why you're in the next one. But um, it was just phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. I read this so fast. I reread it because I just couldn't put it down. It was it was a great story. 
Yeah, I mean, there is very little dialogue here. It's it's really just going into what has happened to her, this injury that, that has happened. I think that this writer also spent some time to maybe even talk to people or research about people that are injured like this, that uh, it's not spoiling it too much, but that lose a limb and what, yeah. they, what they sort of go through with phantom pain. And, and that's what happens here and the way they convey it again with that beautiful lettering. But it is going back uh, in sort of dream sequence and also flashback soaring showing her her training and what she actually went through yeah. it just seemed very black widow and red room to me but even more brutal as they whip her and have her carry these large rocks across like yeah. this insane landscape like man it's really building and it's just a character piece it really builds an interesting character and builds a great world here and i'm so glad yeah. i found it find it folks it's going to be hard it's it's like i said bubble comics and uh these it's like a brand new sort of art team but I am just absolutely loving Allies, and uh, I find it. Trust me, it is worth it. A great really character cool. study, right, and some glorious, glorious art. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's even a part here. It's probably my favorite part of the book, just one last thing, where she's, like, losing touch with reality, and she's, like, admitting it. Yes. You know what I mean? And it was just, like, just beautiful art, like, just beautiful coloring. It was, oh, man, I, I, can't, I can't talk good enough about this book because, right. to me, this one was perfect. It's a perfect comic book, and not a lot happens. Right. You know what I mean? It's very a singular story. Well, it's uh, lot, I think so, it's you live in those sort of three worlds, because you live in her in yeah. the hospital current day, the dream sequence part, and then yeah. her actual flashback part. So it's a lot going on. I mean, you know, and there's, but at the same but, time, like, you, you sort of realize, like, she's actually just laying in this bed. Right. You know? So I, I, I just loved it. I loved everything that the, the writer and the artist did with this book. I cannot wait for number two. I can't. I, I, I need to know what's going to happen. I haven't been this, like, I guess, not obsessed, but, like, just interested in the comic book since, like, you gave me Invincible as a kid. And, like, <laughs> right. I finished. Remember, do you remember that? I finished the trade in, like, oh, a yeah. day. Oh, and I was yeah. like, can we go buy the second one? Like, I need to keep reading. And yeah. you were like, yeah, like, you know, any anything to, like, keep you reading, I guess. Like, Absolutely. I thought that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love this book. Um,. I, I can't talk about it enough. Yeah. It's great. What's going to happen to Nika? I want more of this world. Uh, the emotions that they're drawing in the eyes here, like when she's crying, you feel it, right? You're like you're, yes. you're pained by her emotions and her losing of a of limb. It's it's just uh, it's brutal. It's intense. It's setting up an interesting world here. I want to see more of that world. They do introduce those characters right, of her team. And where are they? You know, like, yeah. I, I need more of this. And I hope it doesn't take a long time. It seems very polished, very well done. And uh, I could see this being something we don't see for a couple months. But I hope that's not the case. Uh, because they've really spent some great attention to detail here. And and uh, it's frightening what happens to her. And, and like I said, when she starts losing reality, it's uh, it's just it's beautiful. And it's interesting. And it's unique. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. It was nice that it was kind of a bonus-sized issue, too. It was like 30-something pages. And uh, I need more of it. It's just top-notch. Allies. Go get it, folks. Bubble Comics Allies, issue number one. And again, uh, to give another little little bit of props, it's a writer, uh, Natalia yeah. Devovia, and artist, Alina Efroviva. But uh, you can go to my Instagram, at Sunspots Comics, and see Alina. You can follow her. Great stuff. So coming in, uh, now here we go. We're breaking into the top three. This is my three favorites. And uh, well, let's start with number three, is Reborn. Issue number five. This is from Image Comics. This is uh, Mark Millar is the writer and Greg Capullo is the penciler. And this is wrapping up. I think that issue six is it. So this is coming to an end. 
And if you haven't been reading this, you really should. It's amazing. It's Mark Millar's sort of look on what happens to you after you die. And in his rules here that he's created, you go to this amazing sort of Lord of the Rings fantasy world. And the people that were good in the real world were, are good in this afterlife. And if you were evil or bad or a pet, <laughs> like a cat, and you're angry at the human race for spaying or neutering you, you will be an evil sort of anthropomorphic creature in this afterlife. And the, the reason this sort of issue got to me more than the others is really that father-daughter connection uh, to me. And it shows, it does a really good way, which is not done very often in comics, of the sort of passing of time and how life really goes on and how things are from the beginning of your life to the end of your life. And it's, uh, you definitely know that Mark Millar is thinking about that, right? He must be, he's a little older now. He must be thinking about life and death. And it's definitely an exposition and an exploration into sort of life and death. And then twisted with the fantasy realm flown on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like sort of like an existential thing. You know what I mean? He, um, He's sort of exploring what he he wishes, I guess, afterlife would be, and it's uh it's it's fun to read. I, I have to go back and read the first four, um, but I, I loved this issue. This was a this was a great one. Um, okay. The the aspect that I really liked was was when she she's trying to save her husband. She's, yeah. she's trying to up with her husband who died. I mean, I guess who died before her because she yes. died after him. He did. So he's been there for a couple of years. And so the, that aspect to see what happens when she finally does reach her destination. Yeah. Uh, was very gut wrenching. Yeah. Like, and, and you felt that. And, and I mean, Mark Millar has always been good at making you feel those kinds of emotions. Yes. Um, and, and I, I told you when I first read this that this is this is sort of off kiltered for Mark Millar. It's Definitely. a little bit more positive than a lot of the stuff he's been writing. And so I, uh, except I for Huck, it. except for Huck, maybe right? Yeah. I mean, Huck was very positive. I mean, that had a pretty crazy ending, but mm -hmm. um, the, uh, just just all of it. I, I uh, it reminded me of like Bone too, like a little, a little bit, bit right? of Bone in there, yeah. Um, just Epic, anything sweeping think, fantasy like, landscape like Bone. Yeah. Any any sort of fantasy sci-fi movie or, or comic book you've ever read, this is just kind of an amalgamation of it. Um, reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings. Reminded me of, of a lot of movies came to mind when I was reading this. So um, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm gonna go back and read it. This is another one. Mark Millar. I gotta read anything Mark Millar writes. Yep. Um, so you yeah. Know what, you, I, know what, like, you know what sort of punched me like emotionally in this series, like the, in this episode that, that was a little surprising and it's kind of resonated and stayed with me in my mind is that our main character who is, you know, this young, beautiful woman, she was, you know, in her eighties when she passed away in the real world. Uh, she's, you know, on this epic journey with her father and they're slaying monsters and beasts and whatnot. And she has this sort of intimate moment with her father and tells her that she's, she's, she's menstruating. Like she's had her first, <laughs> she had her first period in over 30 years. Right. And, like, you realize that, and what she explains it is, like, you know, she feels whole again. Like, that's a simple, subtle thing that has changed yeah. in her life that made her not feel like a woman or made her, you know, it's may, always made her feel just off. And having that in the spirit realm or the realm of death, 
and she's menstruating. Like, I thought that was strange and odd and yet also very poignant and written really well to where it's like it made her feel a little more whole and complete that that simple little cycle that happens to women she you know it made her feel right and and almost brought tears to her face and like she's just t talking to her father about this and i just thought that's a conversation that doesn't happen in comics like yeah no that that definitely you don't you don't really see something like that like ever i, I mean like even like talking i'm talking to my dad i mean like <laughs> we've had talks you know what i mean so it's like seeing that like it, it's real like right. this kind of stuff it happens like you, you talk to people about this kind of stuff especially like your parents so it was a it's a good it was a good issue as far as like character building because i don't know too much about these characters so going going into it i, I learned a lot in such a short amount of time right. and i'm behind yeah you know so it speaks it, volumes it, uh, for, for mark writing. Miller's writing very, yeah yeah very good writing so and there's a dragon with a lion's head, so just just buy it for that. But it's um it's coming to an end, and their their journey. They know they have to uh, battle the the biggest evil here, and they're on a, on a quest for that. And it's coming to an end, so uh, I can't wait to see where it where it ends. And I, that's why it's my number three. I love this. Yeah, I, I freaking hate Mark Millar for doing that though. Like he gets <laughs> these great stories, and he makes you love these characters, and then it just like ends, and it, it always. <laughs> Bugs me, like Kickass, like the first Kickass, the first Kickass run. When that ended, I was just like hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are of much the younger generation because for me, uh, with especially the multitude of comics that I read, sometimes when thing, most times when things come to an end and it's a good end, I love it. All stories have to end; they can't oh, no. all just keep going forever and ever and ever and ever. My pull list was 148 right now; it would be 348 if nothing ends. <laughs> I agree. I, I I agree, but I think I'm I'm mostly just trying to come across that. Mark Millar is just a great writer. Yes. You know what I mean? He's uh he's done big two and he's done ongoing series before, but like the fact that his short his short series, his mini series yes. are so good. Like yeah. the past four or five, you know, you got Huck, you got Kick Ass, you got um a lot of stuff with uh Empress and uh, and yeah. and Huck and you go on yeah. and on and on, yeah. So like the fact that all of those stories are just like awesome. Starlight. Oh my god, Starlight. Starlight. Yeah, so great. Uh that they're all just so perfectly like concise they don't feel like he's beating around the bush they're just so tight and like just perfect yes. yeah so he's not well exploiting written. anything you know so it, it, it's a i i just i can't i hate but i love mark millar for doing that yeah, he's a he's a three act writer. He his stories come to an end. He builds villains that you really hate. Um, this is the one, only one of uh, in a while I'd say that's kind of very villain light. But it's the it's the monsters, right? So yeah. that's where where you live. It's it's good versus evil. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more. But uh, I I do I I'm on the other end that I love when things come to an end with him because he does endings really well. So yeah, <laughs> I'm all Starlight. Starlight ended so perfectly. Yeah. So if this as any sort of. Um, I guess feel of that, then then I I'm all in. I'm gonna go back and, and read these. Yeah, this is a reread. Definitely go back and, and reread these. So uh, that's uh, reborn issue number five is the number three. And coming in number two, which is man, I love this series. Uh, Black Road from Image Comics as well. This is uh, written by Brian Wood, who also did Rebels. And this is some crazy art uh, from Gary Brown. And uh, Gary Brown, his art here is dark and brooding, and it's come on, it's this heavy barbarian like and. I love this. Uh, this, of course, 
is this crazy black road. He's trying to bring this young woman to the end of the black road as sort of redemption for him. He's sort of this guy that is has this sort of conflict in his own life with religion. And is it real and is it not real, right? And yeah. so the bad guys have kind of caught him, ultimately. And they're going to sort of torture slash have the sort of fi final gladiator fight between him and the primary bad guy, right? So this feels like it's coming to an end, but it's not a miniseries. So I... I uh, I think it is ongoing, but maybe they've changed it and it's going to be ending soon. But it feels like it's coming to an end. But what did you think of the scene where he's chained up and he's having this conversation with the bad guy here and and, and he's sort of asks him that one question. I hate to... I don't want to spoil it, but what did you think of that sequence there where he's chained up and he's getting ready to have his final... the fight of his life? Well, um, I, I wrote a lot of notes for this one. Um... I, I again, I'm, I have to go back and read these because <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. But for this one in particular, for this issue in particular, you don't really need any backstory. You don't. Um, a lot is explained, and um, it, it was I, I I told I said last episode I'm a sucker for all things Vikings right now. Yeah. So to see like a Viking and like clashing with Christianity because Vikings are Norse mythology, and so the fact that he's like acknowledging that like he has his doubts about his gods is like, right. Whoa, right. It, it has some, some depth. And, and, um, this conversation that you're talking about, it, it's very like moral shaking, you right. know? And it's a and, philosophical and, question, right? It really is about religion. It, it, and then, and then another thing about this issue that I just really liked was just the action. It was yeah. just portrayed so perfectly. Uh, it, it's only two guys fighting in this whole story, uh, in this issue. And you just like I don't, I don't like you feel every hit like it, yes. there's not a lot of hits but like it's just fun to watch the the art is is really good um, the fact that he's chained up for the whole fight too right. is like you kind of realize that he's kind of a badass so yeah this, he uh, he has this like uh like vision of Elysium right yeah. he's in the middle of this fight because he's kind of losing and. That glorious little vision of sort of what he believes heaven is, is like, it's like his wife and child in this beautiful stream. And uh, you're like, oh man, this this character that you sort of care about here that has been on this road, and also this sort of um, exploration into religion and, and really understanding that, uh, uh, you, the stakes are high, you really feel it. And I love that it's a fight to the death, but also a debate of you know yeah. of, of yeah, Christianity and Norse religion, it's like a, a at the same time they're trying to kill each other, but they're also hammering out like what's real and religion and what their yeah. beliefs are, right? And uh, yeah, another thing that I liked was um, just the fact that it remind it reminded me a lot of Gladiator the movie. Yes, um, especially like the vision of Elysium, like before he you yeah, know. <laughs> exactly. Seeing <laughs> um, seeing see, seeing all this and and just the fight, it it, it came together as a really good episode for me like issue for me yeah. um i don't know what's gonna happen and i don't know what's happened but um does it feel like it's ending i feel like this it is does. Ending. Like, i felt like this was like the last issue but i, I it's not so <laughs> and the ending of this was just i like i remember i was reading this and i just like actually was like yeah <laughs> like, oh. and you're playing that for honor game right so like it felt yeah. like that <laughs> um to, to me like you don't see a lot of this kind of stuff happening besides in like walking dead or invincible and a lot of Kirkman stuff because he likes to do this, right. you know, I'm not, you know, say what happened, but he likes to do this where he just, just like screw it. You know, that's what it feels like. Right. Um, 
to these characters. So, uh, reading reading this and seeing that ending, I was just like, yes, yes right. Like, it's like a big payoff. So we don't want to spoil it, but man, it was so. You're like, yeah. You clench your fists and you grit your teeth. You're like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's you know I love the that they've chained him up and haven't fed him and sort of beat him for many days and now and now the sort of bad guy comes waltzing in you know and he's at a really low state and uh, how he does there and again the vision of Elysium and it's just phenomenal storytelling it's Brian Wood he he's set up the long game here but he's really starting to pay off now as to where this is going it, it's not a consistent release this is my one of my only complaints. But the art is great by Gary Brown, and again, story by Brian Wood. Black Road, uh, issue number eight, is my number two. But the number one pick of the week, here we go, numero uno, from Valiant Comics, XO Man of War, issue number one. This is from Matt Kent, which I love Man Matt Kent's uh, writing he's doing right now for Ether. I love Ether, and I love this. And also, uh, exciting, Matt Kent has another Valiant title coming out May 24th called Rapture, which I'm uh, very excited about because right now I'm all about Matt Kent. But this is the artist winner and the art cover winner with Tomas Giarello. So we already talked about the art. It was just glorious. We talked about the uh, John Carter of Mars, the Tatooine, the Hobbiton, the Mixture, the Three Suns, the Blues, the... the the glorious sort of sunburnt landscape and Conan and uh, Frank Frazetti, that sort of look and feel and the great shadowing. But let's talk a little bit about this story. So he's trying to live as a farmer and just be left alone. And then what? <laughs> so, yeah, basically there's like this war on this planet, wherever, he, wherever he's staying. And um, he's obviously put the Man of War suit, the XO, man, the XO suit. I don't know. But he, put, yep. he put it away. He like buried yeah. it. <laughs> he and, kicks um, dirt on it, and I thought that was like he was like um like it is this living entity, right? And then yeah. he puts it away. He just like kicks dirt on it, and he's like, "You will come when I need you. Like stay yeah. here in this dirt pile." <laughs> so he he obviously has access access to this exosuit, um, but there's this inner this there's this war on this planet, and he's like recruited to be in this war, and he doesn't really have a choice. I, what I always commended this story for it was um. The fact that he didn't choose to go get the exosuit could have right. won the war, you know. In a minute, in the yeah, he could have won the <laughs> war, but he he said no, and he's gonna do it the right way, and he's gonna he's gonna fight equally, he's gonna fight as an equal to these people, and um, I just thought that that was really good storytelling, and you know, the, with one the, arm, by the way, like yeah, you know, with, fight one arm, with one arm, one hand, <laughs> and. Uh, so going in from that, you go seeing all these war scenes and 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 just awesome stuff. And he and he kicks ass. And I'm not gonna, I guess, spoil the ending, but um, it it was just a great story arc. It almost felt like this was like to me as as a love of movies. This was like the first half of a movie. Yeah. You know. So when issue two comes out, I just I can't I, wait. I'm excited. So. Um, I love the opening sequence with his wife, you know, these blue-skinned sort of humanoid aliens there. And there's this quiet, subtle scene that, that, that is, is, again, is sticking in my brain where, like, she's kind of talking him into being part of this war. And he's kind of like, look, I, I haven't been here that long. Like, I don't want to be in this war. And he's kind of trying to talk her out of it. I love the way the Matt Kent uh, writes Eric of Dacia, though. Very simple, very to the point. Uh, he doesn't speak in, in questions or he's very speak of the truth and very simple speaking of the truth. I love that. And then there's this like weird scene where she's just like talking about 
the the woman of his uh, on Earth, and like you know, she's sort yeah. of jealous, and it's like just an also very refreshing scene. You don't really see that. It felt very realistic, and she was yeah. kind of very jealous. And they also are creatures with tails, which she mentions. But yeah. I really don't see a tail on anyone on this. Yeah, no. But like, like he even I, says like, what women uh, here on this planet do with their tails, Earth women don't do. And like, what does that mean? Like, what are they talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> people seven. Um, <laughs> but, this was uh, um, it was a very good character piece, right? Mixed in with a lot of action, which is which is kind of fun to see. You don't see that a lot in comics, where they blend in a good action a good action issue. While also telling a good story with the, a character and building the character, right. so this was a it was a good issue. Even though I don't know really anything about Exo Man of War, I, I, I know the gist and I've, we've talked about him a lot. Um, but uh, I, I don't know too much of like his character and whatnot. I learned so much in this issue right. about this guy without him saying a lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of dialogue from him, and so seeing all these action scenes and and on this crazy planet and and learning about this guy who I don't really know and seeing what he's seeing in like this horrific war is just, it's, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great ride. And, um, I know the, this is like a restart, not really a restart, but like a continuation of the story that just ended. Yes. So I might have to go back and, and read that whole story arc. Um, but it, it, it looks like it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and there's some great characters introduced to here. Like, there's that Odin-like character, right? That <laughs> has that the scar Odin. over his eye. And he's a sort of... Uh, which, also, there aren't very many humanoids here on this planet. But he seems also, uh, maybe not of Earth, but he's another humanoid character. And uh, he's trying to explain to them that the, that the he's forcefully recruited into this this, this armada, this this army. And they aren't even given weapons. Like, yeah. they're, the, they're the meat shields in this war. <laughs> You know, there's just supposed and like, yeah. and he, Eric, Eric just kind of takes that, like, okay, if that's the way it's going to be, you, you kind of think he has a little death wish here, like maybe he is walking into his death and this will be over, but you know his fighting skill and his his war strategy and how he just seems to live through all of these horrific warlike moments, right? That keep happening. It uh, it, it com- it's like kind of a a barbarian slash Viking thing, you know? They like accept death, you know? Right. They're like. If I'm gonna die on the battlefield, that it's meant to be that way. Right. Um, it's kind of well, cool, honor. Right? You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> just, you know, have an an, an honor filled death is good, right, yeah. for them. Yeah. But well, I, I love I, the apparatus I, he puts on his arm, like it's you know the the hook, the grappling hook, like visually great, and he does remind me of Aquaman with the you know the blonde hair and the blonde beard, and especially with that grapple hook. Yeah, totally. But man, so much detail in these panels, right? Just painstaking, amazing attention to detail and all the backgrounds and the coloring is just glorious and the emotion on Eric's face Eric's face is just every scene it it sells it absolutely sells it but it's just a great journey to be on right this this amazing war that what's going to happen here um he's going to stay on this planet like how how are things going to be after this scuffle we'll say it's not even the full epic landscape of the war itself it's just a kind of this battle yeah, and where it's going to go from here, and he's already earning the respect of the other meat shields, and how they're <laughs> sort of making him the honorary leader already, just from his actions, you know, and how he had that fight with that giant sort of mech monster thing, like it's... and one, you know, like he's um, I, I can I can already sort of guess what's going to happen, but I don't want to I don't want to speculate because I I want to see you know where it's going to go, and I don't want to see if the writers are going to not they're going to fool me. 
want to see if they could turn that around. Because obviously you, you could think like, okay, he's got this crazy suit. He's going to win this war for these people and they're going to like worship him, you know? Like, right. are, is that how that's going to work out? And, you know, so hopefully the, the writers fool us and pull something else off and we'll see. Well, it's Matt Kent, and if there's anyone that's going to do it, it's going to be Matt. He is a fantastic writer. He definitely sort of makes turns and twists in his storylines that make you a little surprised. So I'm I'm all in on this. I'm excited Man of War is back, and I love the the arc and the direction that they're going in here. And uh, Matt Kent, uh, pick up Ether, pick up Rapture in, in May of the 24th, but, uh, and also art winner, cover art winner, just the whole the trifecta. It's got them all, and it's the number one pick of the week. XO Man of War. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So there you go. There you have it. Those are all the comic book recommendations for a new comic book day, March 22nd. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. Tell them Chris and Justin sent you. They'll look at you weird, but, you know, so what? <laughs> but also, also, uh, I want to give a shout out to my best friend Moises. He just turned tw- uh, 21 yesterday. Hey, uh, happy birthday, Moises. Yeah, so uh, happy birthday, Moy. Uh, I'm going to tell you to listen to this issue because uh, of this message. So happy birthday, man. I love you. Uh, you're my best friend. You know. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> happy birthday, man. Happy but, yeah, birthday, Moises. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, and please, if you have questions, comments, reach out to the both of us. Uh, you can send us uh, emails directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com or justin at sunspotscomics.com. If you write us and we choose to discuss your email in a future podcast, we will send you a little thank you comic book prize from us. And please sign up for our newsletter, our email newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And tune in next week for issue number 100. I can't believe it's already 100. Yeah. I mean, we started in May of last year, and it's crazy that it's it's just uh, we're here at 100. Yeah, and so we're trying to gear up some stuff for issue number one being a little different, and we'll see how that goes with timing. It's it's going to be a little challenging, but uh, to give you a little glimpse onto what's on 100, I may have a couple interviews. I, I'm probably going to have you again, Jables, as a guest. What do you say? You want to be here with me? Yeah, I'm down. I'm here. And the pull list is a little lighter next week. It's 18 comics for March 29th and five new number ones, so potentially 23 if the number new number ones are awesome and my shop has them for me. And just a little glimpse quickly of some stuff coming out next week, Jables. Uh, Black Hammer, issue number nine, which is, which is great. Um, Depth, issue 14. Detective Comics, so another right, right off the bat, another Batman, Detective Comics 957, because it's bi-weekly, so it actually seems like it's weekly almost, but so Detective is next week. Uh, the Dying and the Dead, issue number four, which is phenomenal. Uh, infamous Iron Man next week. Jim Henson's The Power of the Dark Crystal. I've been really enjoying that. Just to, just to name a few that are coming, which I'm so super, super, super excited about. And um, also, please, uh, if you want to do a little something to give a little something back uh, to Sunspots Comics, just go to iTunes, give us a five-star review and a little positive blurb. And if you do that, we will read it and personally thank you on a future podcast. It really does help us out. So take a little second here, a moment, go over to iTunes and give us a positive review. It really helps. But thanks again, Justin, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. It's always fun. I always love reading comics and talking to you, getting nerdy and whatever. It's all (laughs) good, of course. And I'll, of course, leave you with the wise words of my spiritual advisor, mentor, sensei, Sifu, Bruce Lee. Be water, my friends. See you next week. Later, Jables. Later, up. Then I drink the flood. Well, you can come inside, but your friends can't come. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for you, son. 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. I got 99.
Comics now. 